What's up, Florida State sports fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Null Sports Podcast. A bit different this time. We've been uh, heavy on the football, but this is going to be a uh, a Florida State basketball-specific episode here today. Kurt Weiler here with Andre Fernandez. We're just a few days away from the starts of the respective seasons. The, the women's team starts Tuesday night, then the men's team Wednesday night. And, uh, I mean, it's a... Uh, it's always an exciting time when basketball season rolls around. Yeah, I mean, when you have two programs of the caliber that FSU's had now, you know, for a little bit, both ranked in the top 20, and two very good veteran coaches in uh, Leonard Hamilton and Sue Semrau, and again, you know, uh, pretty pretty high and well-deserved expectations this year, you know, with, with what they have coming back. Each team, you know, on the men's side, they lost some key players, but your coach Hamilton always has a lot of as a deep squad. He's added some, you know, between transfers and, and new incoming freshmen. It looks like one of his typical tough defensive balance teams. And and on the women's side, we saw it the other night. You know, she uh, coach Semrau's back after a week after a year away. I'm sorry, and her team bringing back every starter from last season plus a few freshmen that look promising in terms of what they can do and. You know they they've earned they've earned that respect in the ACC of being touted as you know one of the top you know maybe and I think the men were I think it was like their preseason expectation is what they what were they ranked second in the ACC poll I think and yes you know the, on the women's side I think it was third so again that's that's from years of of being in the position they've been because of that you know that that talent and and that that great coaching so it should be an exciting year on both sides once again. Yeah, we uh, we have uh, interviews we 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 did with uh, associate men's coach uh, Stan Jones and then F- the women's head coach Sue Semrau. We uh, we have both of those, so we're gonna we're gonna go to uh, the interview with Stan first, and then we'll talk some about the uh, the men's team on the backside of that. We are uh, happy to be joined by associate Florida State men's basketball coach Stan Jones. We're a little over a week out from the season right now, and uh, he's gracious enough to uh, spend some time with us here, talk about the team and the season ahead. Coach Jones, how's it going? It's going really well right now. You know, you, uh, we're, we're making dedicated progress to trying to be ready to play the season. We've got some interesting pieces to the uh, to the roster this year, and uh, uh, it's just one of those things. You know, like you, you try to get your team in shape and your players in shape. Uh, you also have to, as coaches, get in shape too. You get through preseason because your your voice has got to toughen up a little bit. The low back's got to quit hurting. The knees got to quit hurting when you're out there uh, trying to make make them get to the places you want them to get to. So it's all good, though. We're uh, we're excited about uh, what's coming up next week. I, I mean, I guess starting out there. I mean, I know it's uh, it's it's not entirely uh, back to normal. There's still kind of the the bits of uh, of of lingering. Uh, testing and and hopefully not having to deal with any COVID issues as you did last year but how nice is it? i mean after last year how much closer this one's going to feel to normal for y'all well it has been very nice to to feel that the, the stuff that we've done in terms of teaching and and film watching and player development stuff that we're able to do this uh a strength of our program to kind of get back to do that we were we were so limited in things we could do in the off season and the preseason last year and uh, as good as that team was to get to the Sweet 16, uh, I think they would have been even uh, more of a force if we could have had uh, what we're used to doing in terms of how we uh, use the film room and how we use player development uh, individually with our guys would have, would have helped. You see Scotty Morris is playing great uh, so far in his start to his NBA career. He'd have, he'd have shot like a rocket like with us last year, too, if he had the time. Personally, we, were, we could have been one-on-one. Uh, like he's been able to do with the staff at, uh, with the Raptors. Um, I mean, I'm not sure, honestly, if this is something I that you or the the staff, I would say maybe from conversations with CY, maybe something he concerns himself with more. But if it's felt like of late, I mean, maybe the, uh, the, the preseason buzz around your teams and the respect nationally hasn't maybe matched up with the results. I mean, I, I, it, it, is that – it feels like that's changing that year. I mean, does it mean anything to you to, to see that change and to see, I mean, with all y'all lost, here you are again as a, a preseason top 20 team? Well, you know, you, you take that stuff as coaches with a grain of salt. You know, Coach CY still has a lot of fan in him someday. You know, I'm one of those kind of more perspective guys, and you keep things 
uh, practically in front of you. You know, it doesn't matter what the, you guys in the media speculate or vote on or any of that kind of stuff. That's all for for selling uh, newspapers and getting clicks and likes. And it's our job to make sure our team is as good as could be, first by recruiting them and then second by developing them. And so when, you know, as long as I've been doing it, I, I, I don't even read the old uh, – uh, your annuals anymore, the Street Smiths and the Lindys and all that stuff anymore because uh, until you see a kid play and our team play under pressure with a uh, legit scouting report run against them, you'll never really know how good they're going to be to begin with. Coach, there was a survey of, uh, of the players of the ACC at, at tip-off, like an anonymous survey, and, and twice as many of the players picked, picked FSU to win the conference this year. Uh, I just want to ask you, like, what what's it been like to kind of, you know, build up the program, to be part of building up the program, you know, to the point where it is now, where you have that kind of respect and you're right up there, you know, every year as a as one of the favorites. Yeah, I mean, that's when, when you sign up to coach and you start your career back, and wherever point you started, I mean, that's that's the goal of every coach, uh, you know. But being being here for now 20 years. And I kind of break it down into kind of three parts. You kind of had to build up, and then you had to break through there in 2009 uh, into now the kind of the, the, the phrase you've coined of the new bloods where uh, we're, we're looking the, the blue bloods in the eyes right now, uh, creating our own legacy and history and tradition. And uh, that's very gratifying, but we also are very realistic in the fact that you know, as hard as it was to get there, it's certainly easier to fall off that mountaintop than it is to keep climbing it. And so we've got to we've got to keep all that stuff uh, going forward. We we can't rest as a as a program and as a staff and as a team. We've got to continue to maximize the talents of each one of our players. We've got to make sure that we're creating a program that those guys enjoy being a part of and they want to be a part of and they want to feel like family for the rest of their lives because of it. And uh, we we've got to be ready to take you know and, and and what we do as coaches we're all our our whole lives are based around the word next. And we've got to get to the next season, the next practice, the next game, the next half, the next possession. We've got to, we've just got to keep those things in, in the way we've worked for all these years to, 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 to get our program where we've had the success we've recently uh, re, uh, been able to do. But you know, I, you don't belittle some of that success we've had, you know, back with uh, the 2009 through the 2012 era and the guys that uh, helped uh, give us credibility and competitiveness as they earned their way into the NBA back early on with the Tim Pickett's and the Al Fortins and the Alexander Johnsons and, and those group of guys, those those guys have all been a, a significant brick in the building of the foundation of what we've established here at Florida State. Um, when you look at uh, the, the team comeback last year, I mean, obviously you lose uh, – four guys who kind of were either drafted or, or I know a guy like MJ who was a highly sought after a uh, uh, free, free agent, undrafted free agent. I guess when you lose that much, I think it was over 50% of your scoring, I guess, who have you really seen of those guys coming back? Who's kind of been forced to, uh, to, to step up into that new role this off season. Well, you know, I, I think that's the sign of a very healthy program is if you look back over the last well, quite a while, you see guys that have played, more lesser roles that have moved into bigger roles, as coaches like to say, moved up to scouting report uh, because of the teaching, uh, the visual aids we try to give guys and the, and the amount of knowledge and skill development that we, we give our guys. You see guys go from uh, Xavier Rattan Mays to the Terrence Mann to the Trent Forrest to the Devin Vassell to the MJ Walker, Raekwon Gray to – uh, you see those guys taking a jump year and year, and those kids see their development as well. So uh, I'm very confident that Anthony Polite, Wyatt Wilkes, um, uh, Malik Osborne, Ray, Raekwon Evans, Tenor Ingaum, Quincy Ballard, those guys that have been in the program, you're going to see improvement in them because we've had a full summer, we've had a full preseason, we've had a full training camp where they've got to get all the reps that, that we didn't get to have last year. And you're going to see those guys uh, grow in confidence. You're going to see them grow in production. You're going to see them grow uh, in, you know, in the Florida State uh, scouting report uh, where people are going to look at them and say, hey, those guys have really gotten better uh, because I see it every day in practice. And I think they're going to uh, 
Uh, our, our fans are going to be very pleased with the improvement they see in every area from their bodies to their shooting to their defensive awareness uh, to their toughness. They're sticking their nose in there to rebound uh, and their leadership that they're going to add to the, uh, the talented group of new guys that are coming behind them. And, uh, uh, and the dynamic they give to kind of keep sharing the Florida State Seminole way uh, to each new team that we put together. Coach, you mentioned Anthony Polite, and you know it's hard to overstate how how far he's come in his development. Uh, what's that been like to kind of watch him grow into the player he's become, and, and how big has he been for you off the court as well, as well as on the court? Well, it's always extremely gratifying because the thing that all those guys that are back as fifth year seniors this year, they have been fabulous teammates, and also not just fabulous teammates, they've been fabulous team members. I I tell young players that all the time. There's two parts. To, to really developing as a complete player. And that's how you relate to your teammates and how do you relate to the expectations of the organization or the program that you're part of. And those guys have been bought in from day one to doing things the right way, to respecting their process, to uh, seeing the, the uh, steps in their process and, and cheering for others, celebrating themselves when they've had good moments, keeping it in, in, uh, in reality so they understand where they are. And it's just great to see those guys continue every year to stack success, above success, and now have a chance to step into a new role. And uh, I, I think that they're going to really uh, seize this opportunity and they're going to play uh, extremely, extremely confident because of the experiences they have, the reference points they have, the postseason experience they've had, and even the mental toughness they had to grow through with COVID, the bubble last year in the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament. And all the things that they've had to grow and see adversity and different things and, and still be able to be successful, uh, I think that's going to pay off for them. And uh, uh, as long as they stay healthy and, and they're taking care of their bodies in the weight room and stuff, I think that's going to uh, behoove them very well to have fantastic years this year as they close out their Florida State basketball career. Uh, another one of those guys is, uh, is Malik, and he's obviously had to fill – so many different roles for y'all kind of as, as the, the roster has changed and as, I mean, just it's dependent on what you've needed from him, I guess. What can you speak to about, I mean, the Swiss army knife he's been for y'all and just, I mean, the, the growth you've seen from him. I mean, it, you don't want to overreact too much to an exhibition, but he, the, the intensity he, uh, he played with in that, in that first exhibition was a uh, pretty impressive to see. No, he's really evaluated his uh, season last year and seen areas that he needs to improve on and, He's been working very diligently uh, here in the preseason training camp to uh, add those things and, and become more effective and more of a playmaker. And not just playmaker with the ball, but being a playmaker without the ball. And so many people think that playmaker just means that when you put the ball on the floor and, and dribble it, that that's being a playmaker. But you know, his ability to move without the ball and find easy baskets uh, by relocating, he's worked really hard to become an outstanding shooter. You know, his ability to learn to see where open spots are going to be against certain static reports. Uh, and now he understands those, the ability to make different cuts toward the basket where he can get uh, the pressure off of him so he has more space to be a perimeter shooter and add that inside-out balance and, and how to find opportunities to, uh, to to slide himself into the low post when he's got physical mismatches. You know, Those are all things he's spent a lot of time on this summer uh, making sure he's aware of and, and feels comfortable in it. And it's instinctive to him, uh, as well as being more of a playmaker defensively, uh, getting more deflections, more steals, more blocks on rotation, uh, you know, more playmaking things where he helps the helper and protects his teammate who maybe uh, overextended their help and, and created a, a gap in our defense, but he's been able to plug it uh, because of his experience and his understanding. So those are all things we've been pushing him. He's been He's been studying. He's been showing tremendous development. I thought he did a nice job of that in the, uh, in the first exhibition game. And I'm looking forward to seeing him continue to build on that because he he has made himself from being kind of a one-dimensional guy when he first got here and a little bit of an unknown quality to a guy that's pretty much made himself a complete player and, uh, and is going is to leave Florida State as a guy that's going to have tremendous amount of respect from our fan base, from our coaching staff. I think he's going to give himself a nice chance uh, uh, at his life beyond Florida State to, to do some things on the basketball court as well. 
Coach, I wanted to ask you about one of your new additions, Caleb Mills, and how much has his D1 experience and in the time he's had within the program last year helped his development, and what's impressed you the most about him? Well, Caleb's one of those unique guys. He may, he may be one of the best or the best guys being able to create a shot for himself. He just has a really unique and uncanny ability to do that. Uh, he's also played in a program that's very successful. So he understands winning. He understands being coached. He understands uh, being corrected uh, and, and putting in, in a place where it makes everybody in, in the moment better. And he's, you know, that, that's invaluable to have coming into your program, especially when we lost guys, because he, he's going to be able to score the basketball. He's really worked hard to become a very uh, effective defender. Uh, he, he's learning how to be an effective playmaker for others. And, uh, you know, he just being, being with the reference points he has of the big games that he's played in and been a part of and the expectations he's been a part of, he's that's easily translatable uh, into to our locker room. And uh, he's, he's kind of fit in seamlessly. Uh, the summer's been good for him. The preseason's been good for him. Uh, and I'm looking for him to be a, a major part of what we're doing and, and being a hard people, hard person for our opponents to, uh, to prepare for. Uh, another important guard for y'all is going to be Raekwon Evans. You you talked about him. I mean, he, he talked pretty candidly after the first scrimmage about uh, his mm. struggles last year. Was it dealing with the pandemic and such unique circumstances and all that surrounded that, just how tough a year it was? I guess, how much of a difference have you seen with him now, I guess, coming into this year? Oh, it's been, it's been night and day, guys. His, his confidence right now where he is. You know, people don't realize how much – confidence guys get with the in our system with what we try to develop and the things we try to get them to see uh, as real skill sets for them and the vision we try to develop for them over that time so this is the first summer in his three years to really work on himself you know, he's had to just jump in and work on being part of the team in the other two years and, and that was obviously with the tough things that went on and uh, you know with the situation last year at the Florida game he has seen a friend of his collapse on the court like that. So, you know, there's a lot of psychological and emotional things going on with him. And then uh, missing out, missing that amount of time, and he never got a chance to see the full development of what he could do. So I'm, I'm really, really encouraged about the, the player everybody's going to see with him, with his confidence, uh, his added uh, skill sets, uh, and his understanding of Florida State's system. Uh, I think he'll be a, uh, be a really, really – big part of the success we have this season. Coach, uh, Happy Cleveland and Jalen Warley, you know, two freshmen that look like they're going to be instant contributors. Trust that you've been to them and the way they've been able to hit the ground running and all the facets of the program. Well, you know, again, that's another sign of you know, them being able to have a full summer with us. And But both of those guys, they come from very successful families. They come from basketball backgrounds. They both play in incredibly good high school programs. Uh, Jaden played for one of the top high school coaches in the country in Atlanta, uh, Charmin White at Pace Academy, and they won a state championship. He's been part of USA Basketball. So he has a lot of uh, experience already in terms of playing high-level basketball the right way and not just being the best player on an average team where he, uh, he's always dominated the ball and, and, and not really known how to play with other good players. So that's a great advantage for him. Jalen's from the same situation. He's from one of the best uh, high school coaches up in the Northeast at the West Ham School, and he's been there for four years, and he's played with Camp Reddish, Mo Bamba, uh, Frank Kepnang, uh, Derek Lively, who's a, a senior for that team this year. He's one of the top players in the class. Uh, so he's played with dudes his whole career, So, and he's played at a demanding program, but they've played a lot of, uh, of big games, a lot of very highly competitive games. So their understanding sometimes of the details and understanding of uh, the competitive spirit that's required to play with, you know, I guess with other really good teams on your schedule has kind of got them a little ahead of the curve because they've come out of those environments. And uh, I said, Jalen came out of his basketball family. His dad and his uncle played at St. Joseph. His grandfather played in the NBA. So he, he comes from a basketball pedigree. So those guys have been, been pretty sharp to learn. They've been quick studies. When they make mistakes, they recover quickly, and uh, and don't make those mistakes over again because they they've been been in very competitive practices. They've been in very competitive games in their uh, interscholastic career, and I think you're going to see their you know their their curve 
uh, be very fast, and I think you're going to see them make a lot of exciting plays sooner than later in the season. Uh, looking at uh, looking at your guys, it's always a pleasure being out of practice, getting to watch you uh, work with the bigs. It's uh, it's it's something to behold for sure. Obviously, you 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 lose a guy like Balsa. Oh, it's most definitely. I mean, look at the track record. Come on now, look at the track record of 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 what you've done with guys where they were when they got here and when they left. I mean, it's uh, along those lines, though. I mean, obviously, you lose someone like Balsa, and it's gonna push some people into uh, bigger roles inside this season. I mean, Tenor. You got kind of three guys with three different situations. You got a guy like Tenor, who I know was a late arriver last year, and kind of now has that full year and full off season. You got a guy like Quincy, who who played sparingly and really got that red shirt last year, and then a guy like Naheem, who is who is here after he was kind of supposed to be here a, a few years ago. I guess what have you seen from them, and how have you kind of pushed them this off season, knowing what's what's going to be needed? Well, the, the biggest thing with all three of those is they've been tall uh, <laughs> early in their career, and they uh, and they haven't really played against other tall players in their career. And and people don't realize that's the hardest learning curve for, for big guys is when they have to start playing against guys that are equal or bigger than they are. And so that's been uh, trying to get that experience of them learning how to uh, score against guys their size, get position against guys their size, move without the ball uh, into spaces where, and when they played against smaller people at their high schools and their junior college, they can kind of just stand in the spot, you know, kind of hold the ball over their head, put their other hand on top of people's foreheads and kind of giggle at them. And, you know, they, they can't do that now. And then I think that you're going to see them kind of like how when we had Michael Ojo and Chris Camaje and Jarquez Smith and Fiondu Kamigeli all on the team together, yeah, you saw rapid development of guys over time because that iron sharp and iron mentality and practice. They got to go with each other and with each other and and make each other better so they could uh, you know, understand all the little nuances it takes to play in that kind of physical thing with, uh, with people of that size. So um, I, I'm looking forward to their progress. And people don't realize it takes a little longer for big big guys in basketball. But when, it, when the light clicks on for them, it starts coming real fast for them. You start seeing a lot of progress in a short amount of time. And I, I hope we're, we're about at that point where uh, they're going to be at the top of their personal development uh, hill, and they're going to start going downhill in the positive way down here where everything starts going fast for them. You start seeing a real accelerated production out of them. Coach, uh, I want to ask you about John Butler and Cameron Fulton. How do you kind of see their role? And, and, you know, they bring different things to the table, obviously. But what have you seen? And also, what have you seen from them so far? Well, John Butler, uh, again, what he needs right now is time with Coach Bradley in the weight room, uh, a lot of time with the uh, protein shakes with the nutritionists every day in practice uh, because he, he, he may have as big a ceiling as anybody we've ever brought, brought, brought in the program. Uh, but right now, you know, the physicality of the game, you know, when he came in, uh, in the in early June, late May, when he came in from the summer, you know, he was about 175 pounds and seven one. And you're going against a guy like Malik Osborne, who's been in the weight room for five years, uh, is is you know really really strong and really used to contact. And, and you're going against other guys that are, have been used to that Anthony flights, and they're driving through you. And you've been used to going against little high school guys and stuff. I mean, that's a transition period. But he can really shoot it. He can really dribble it. He sees the floor. Uh, he's, his dad was a high, his high school coach, so he comes from a basketball family. Uh, and as maturation kicks in for him, uh, I think everybody will be really, really excited about the career he has at Florida State because his upside, and I'm not sure you can even see how where his ceiling could be right now because uh, he just right now it's just time and when genetics decide to do what they do. Cam on the, Cam on the other cases, been in college basketball, didn't didn't have a great productive year last year as a freshman, didn't have a great experience with his team not being very good last year and uh, you know, a lot of egotistical things going on within their roster. Uh, but he's the kind of guy that uh, Coach, Coach Leonard Hamilton has kind of put on this earth for. And you can see it every day of how Coach is kind of shaping him and molding and pouring in him. And you just see the, uh, the maturation, you see the mental development, you see the spiritual development. 
and he's an incredible athlete. I mean, he's fast. He can he can jump. He's got long arms. Uh, he's fearless. Uh, he just got to learn what we're trying to do, and he's got to get settled in to putting the pass behind him and, and living in the moment and, uh, and allowing himself to grow day step by day in what we do at Florida State and trust and trust his locker room. He didn't, didn't have a lot of trust in the locker room he was in last year. And I think one of our strengths is the tightness and the closeness of our of our locker room and the chemistry we build with our team. And I think that's all starting to pay very, very positive uh, dividends inside his mental health and his mental well-being and his uh, respect for what we do at Florida State. And I think uh, he's another guy that uh, it just, it, right now it's just time and, uh, and emotional development and uh, understanding of what we're doing because he's totally going to a different style of play and a different dynamic. And uh, as he transitions into that, uh, I'm excited to see what he turns into. Um, I, I know we're, we're winding down here. We, we appreciate you for the time. I, I, I know uh, there's a bit of a turnover with the, uh, the the green team guys this year, bringing in some new guys. You lose the, the a couple of the mainstays in uh, Will and Travis, but you bring back Justin Linder and you bring back Harrison Preto. I guess, was, how did that come about? Was that something of kind of encouraging them to use the COVID year just because of knowing – how important they've been just in, in their roles within the team. And I guess how have you, especially I guess with a team uh, where you're going to kind of be introducing so many new guys and guys stepping into bigger roles this year. Well, it's kind of interesting how that, I mean, Harrison was the first one to decide to do it. He was going to be here anyway. He's working on a, uh, a fabulous degree in our meteorology program uh, in grad school. Uh, he's been on a grad program with them for last year. And then this year, uh, because, because of his academic success. And so he was going to be here another year to finish that uh, and felt like, you know, he had such a good experience and we had entrusted in him such a, a vital leadership role and he'd been so good at it that uh, he didn't want to let it go. So he came back and then, you know, Justin was a little bit different uh, in the fact that we were actually, Justin wants to coach and we'd actually been very close to him getting a, uh, uh, a coaching job in college basketball uh, and going there, and while he was still finishing up uh, what he had been working on academically last year in the first summer session, uh, he was just talking about Cam Fletcher's development in our program. Uh, when he and Cam Fletcher kind of hit it off, you know, playing pickup and working out and that kind of stuff, and Cam Fletcher actually told Coach Hamilton one day in the in the mentor meetings Coach Hamilton has with him that you know that Justin Justin Linder was the first guy he felt like he'd ever had as a, as a friend on the team on any team he'd ever played on it in terms of being a true friend. And, you know, that kind of sparked something in coach. And he went to Justin and said, you know, we're, we're going to help you get your coaching career started, but, you know, we may be able to put you on scholarship this year. Would you want to come back and kind of continue to grow into that and grow your coaching skills by helping a guy like a Cam Fletcher and other guys on the team? And uh, one thing led to another, and we were able to put Justin on scholarship for this year. And, uh, uh, he was excited about doing that because he's a, he, he loves to play. He loves to be a part of the team. And uh, he, he adds a real uh, energy and a real kind of uh, spirit to our team that, uh, that that really helps us. And it helps him, and he enjoys it. So uh, that's how that kind of worked out. But the, the three young guys that were behind them, uh, Isaac Spainauer, Max Thorpe, uh, Cleveland Yates, who've been here for the last year. And Cleveland's been here two years. Those two guys have been here one. You know, they've grown because of Harrison and Justin and Travis and Will, and they've been uh, doing a really, really good job moving up into their leadership role in our team and our preparation role in our team. And we've got a couple of new guys that we've added to that are trying to figure it out. So we're trying to make this something that uh, continues to be very, very beneficial uh, to, the, to the development of our team and for the camaraderie of our team. And, uh, and for those guys to have really good experiences as well, so that they they enjoy being part of the team. Because when, when you got uh, guys that are enjoying being a part of it, it makes your locker room such a better place to be. Well, Stan, we uh, we appreciate you so much for uh, taking the time here with us, giving us such a, a comprehensive uh, look at the team. We're sure lots of people will uh, appreciate your great insight. It is uh, always a pleasure, sir. Well, man, I hope I hope listening to my twang, your voice, y'all get all the likes and clicks and get all the social media. All this stuff, cause y'all get to talk to me tonight. All uh, right, thanks so much. I look forward to seeing you guys at the arena, and uh, don't be strangers. Definitely, we're looking forward to it.
All right, and we're back here. Uh, great talk with with Coach Jones. Some very, uh, I thought some very insightful uh, things he had to say on a lot of matters. Great, grateful that he gave us about thirty minutes of his time, kind of right before the season starts. It's obviously a busy time for him. Yeah, we always appreciate you know not just the time, but how detailed and how willing he is to you know to to, re- to really talk about the team you know candidly and 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 really give us a lot of you know the info that that, that really helps you know the, the fans really get to know the squad and, and kind of see where they're at you know because for you know my experience like a lot of schools aren't so willing to to take that extra step and be like that so we really appreciate coach jones and, and you know for what he's done for what he does not just now but like he, he, it seems like he's always been that that type of guy with the media so definitely you know look, looking forward to a lot of what he talked about in terms of seeing those players develop and see how it all meshes together this year for the Seminoles. I mean, we, we talked about it in the podcast. This really feels like a year where the, the, the national Florida state may kind of finally be getting a bit of that national reputation to match the, uh, the, the success that they've had of late. I mean, when you talk about a team that loses four guys who were either drafted, three were drafted, one more was a highly sought-after uh, undrafted free agent in M.J. Walker. You lose a guy like Scotty Barnes, who is an early front-runner for, for NBA Rookie of the Year. He's had a really, really impressive start up there in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet, here they are after losing all that, a top-tonning team in the preseason, picked second in the ACC. I- I'm by no means saying they are of the Duke-North Carolina ilk. They're not normally going to be replacing that much talent this was definitely a unique year where they lost a guy like Raekwon Gray and Balsa Koprovica maybe a bit earlier than they thought I think you knew Scotty Barnes was going to be a one and done and yet here they are again I mean it, it, it speaks to the growth of this program and its perception that despite losing all that it helps when you bring in a great recruiting class they have that preseason attention where if they'd lost all that a few years ago they wouldn't have been remotely close to the top 25. Well that consistency has, has come through and you see it in you know, are they have they reached that that next step would be if, if they can finally get through and, and really become the team that can break through maybe to the final four or something like that. But the consistency of at least being one of the top teams is there. I mean, three consecutive sweet sixteens, that that's tough. I mean, that's not easy to come by to get to be that good for that long, especially when you have that like you said, when you have to factor in the one and done players and that sort of thing. And I think the fact that you're, like Duke and North Carolina are always going to be like like if a team like if you start your evaluation of the ACC uh, any given year, I think it's going to be okay. How's Duke? Okay, let's look at North Carolina. But the fact that they're the next team, and then maybe to an extent Virginia with what Tony Bennett's done over there, but what, but that FSU is now like the next team there, like that. You know what I mean? Like they're they're it's it's like let's see how FSU is. Like they're in that level of consideration when it comes to the kind of respect they've earned. That. That doesn't come easy, and that takes a while to develop. So the job that they've done in the last few years to put the name, the, the brand of FSU on that on that type of level is pretty impressive. Considering you know the best of the best, I mean this is the this is the heavyweight conference in college basketball, the ACC. So it's it's tremendous. And now Coach Ham, you know, with with Coach K on the way out after this year, with you know with the change at North Carolina, I mean he's he's the dean of uh, of college coaches in the ACC now. I think uh, someone at ACC tip-off, I want to say, I was watching a video, I think someone mentioned that, of like, you're kind of going to be among those guys now. And he kind of just laughed at the thought. Obviously, I mean, the, 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 the comment everybody makes, he sure doesn't look like it. I mean, you, you look at pictures of him back from his Miami days, and he may look younger you now, as, as ridiculous as that is to say. <laughs> well, you said younger, and you're right, maybe younger even. But yeah, at the very least, the same. I mean, he, if, I, if you gave me the picture... Of when he was cutting the nets down at the at the Miami Arena back in the day when when they won the Big East regular season title and you put it toward if I would have taken a picture with my phone the other day at practice it's the same guy. <laughs> I mean, I even think like why I say younger is like those glasses he wore a lot then. Those were kind of of a time, but I do think they make you look a little older, you know? Yeah, yeah. I know, and those, I think he dropped those glasses by around sometime in the mid to late '90s, and then like I'm, I'm talking like the late '90s, right before he went to the Wizards. Yeah, like it, it, he looks the same. As, he looks pretty much the same as he did back then. I mean, he looks like he hasn't aged a day. So, pretty, pretty funny. Yeah, and I mean, he's got he's got an interesting team this year to be sure. It'll be interesting. I mean, obviously, last year 
Scotty Barnes was a guy who came in. I mean, the, the highest-rated recruit in program history came in and took a big role from day one, was the starting point guard to start the year, kind of ended up being the, the sixth man, but but probably played more minutes than your starting point guard in Raekwon Evans. This is a team that's going to have to rely a lot on newcomers. Not all freshmen, but it's, it, it is going to have to rely on newcomers. I think this team will fit the mold of one that looks a lot different by the time February rolls around than they do in January. Just when you're talking about adding a guy like Caleb Mills from Houston, obviously a few freshmen who I think are going to have pretty big roles right away in Matthew Cleveland and Jalen Worley. I mean, it, those are three freshmen who I think are all going to play a, a good amount of minutes by Leonard Hamilton program standards. Yeah, and M- Mills is so versatile that once he can once he can get in and really get comfortable in the system, I, I think that's going to be a huge plus in the experience he brings. Uh, you know, b- both Worley and Cleveland are going to have big roles. I'm interested in Worley too because if he kind of takes up that kind of like that takes the point a little bit and runs the point himself a little bit, and you know, that's going to be something. They're all going to have to play good defense. We know that, but that that role that he's going to be in, I think, is going to be vital if he can pick it up quickly and and contribute on that front as well. But you you know how Coach Ham's teams are. Everybody chips in, and he goes deep on the bench. We've seen that MO, and this is going to be another team that has that MO, just like the successful teams these in recent years have had. Yeah, I mean, you got a guy. I mean, you get a guy like Raekwon Evans back, and obviously, I know he's somebody that uh, fans were frustrated with uh, at, at times last year. I mean, was definitely it, it seemed like in some ways took a step back from his first year at FSU after transferring in from out west. He's. I mean, you talk to people, and like like Stan said, I think he is. Uh, he is very important to this team. I think it's only an exhibition, but he looked the part of more confident, more comfortable. He talked pretty candidly about some of the stuff he was going through last year and the effect that had on him. And so, I mean, I, I'm in, I'm interested to see him. I'm also. I mean, if you ask me, I think the 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 development of the bigs. That's obviously something that. Coach Jones plays a big role in, will I think that will go a long way towards determining how successful this team is. I mean, when you look at that front line, I mean, 7-1, 7-4. The ham standards. I mean, it, and not just the standard, but I, it, it almost seems like they have even more than a typical, you know, standard of how height they're going to have. They're going to have a lot of size this year. And if that translates in terms of what they can do on both ends of the floor and dominating on the glass and that sort of thing and, and and we know big men nowadays you know have to have to be able to shoot at least mid-range well to make them even more effective so we'll see how that develops as well but yeah the front court's going to be a big part of this you know in terms of how successful they're going to be especially when they get deeper into the season face a lot of those acc heavyweights down the stretch and and, and i like the the test they're going to have on that in that regard i think i was telling you about purdue in, in the ACC Big Ten game, they have yep. their own uh, seven four forward that, or center. That, that's going to be a big challenge as well. I think that's a good early season test there at the end of. Uh, I think it's early December that they're going to get that one. So well, that'll and, be good, and on the road too. And a top ten team on the road. I mean, a good player, a quite a few good players on that team, and a, a top ten team. Obviously, they played them in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Uh, only a few years ago, I want to say three, two or three years ago, they beat Purdue on like a last-second runner by Trent Forrest. That one was here. I mean, obviously, it's a good problem to have, but with with the the company Florida State has played their way way into. I mean, they used to play the Nebraskas, the the Minnesotas in those challenges. I mean, they're in the the field now where they're playing the Purdues, they're playing the Indianas, yeah. they're playing that they haven't played a Michigan State or Ohio State or a Michigan, but they easily exactly. could. That was the kid's name. Zach Eady is a seven-four center for Purdue. That uh, uh, he was a freshman last year, and then you know, looking like he's going to just more well-rounded this year. And yeah, I mean, like you said, they're playing the, the tougher teams because I think that's part of that. That comes with the respect we were talking about how they're considered more of the upper echelon consistently on, in the ACC. Well, guess what? Now you're going to get paired in situations like that with the top teams on the other end of that you know they're now they're now they're getting the the big 10 heavyweights uh the the florida game sneaks up on you fast i mean that one's i i i keep forgetting that one's uh a, a week from from sunday the 14th it is it's right after the canes Knowles football the big game that saturday turn around and have another big rivalry game in a different sport here on the 
on the basketball court out in Gainesville. Well, and, and about as one-sided as that Miami-Florida State football rivalry has been lately. Florida State has won the last seven there. And yeah. uh, it'll be, that'll be, I mean, I, I, they opened the season with them, I think, two years ago. And, that, I mean, yeah. it's a really interesting early season test for this team. That's obviously, it's a somewhat new-look Florida team. They lost a few guys. I know they went pretty heavy on the portal. So, I, I mean, yeah. that right there. I mean, obviously, Leonard Hamilton has kind of had Mike White's number winning the last seven, but they won't be, it won't be easy. It never is going down there in Gainesville. Oh, definitely. I mean, they, that Gators team, like you said, they hit the portal because they, they had to. They lost several talented players. Trey Mann, the rookie guard who, you know, who was there, who's now in the NBA and playing in the G League, actually. But, you know, a point guard for them was a big, big contributor. And, and they were a similar, maybe not as deep to that degree like FSU, but they were a deep team. They relied on a lot of different players last season, you know, and they – Let's see. Let's see how they can replace those pieces, and that's again, and at their place, you know, that that's a that's a that's a tough arena to play in usually. So that should be a, a nice early test for this squad to see how they gel and how they can handle it. Yeah, no, I mean it's a uh, it, it, it'll be interesting. It'll be a a fun slate. It always is in the ACC. Obviously, I think they played they played Duke twice on the the Coach K farewell farewell tour. I should say at least twice, twice in the regular season. Who knows? Right what beyond that but i mean obviously they're in rare company i think uh only two other teams i think it's gonzaga and michigan are the only other two besides florida state that have been in the last uh three sweet 16s and obviously florida state has a team that if the cards break right could easily make that four in a row but but it's never easy to do that and i mean it it just becomes more and more impressive although it becomes more and more impressive but at the same time you almost expect it more every year now just with the success they've had yeah uh when you're talking about the uh the elder statesman uh coaching wise in the acc the very the acc opener is against syracuse so you've got you know coach Bayheim over there coach ham right off the bat big game at the tucker center there on the first night and then an interesting coaching matchup too when they face when they go to South Carolina. That's another road game early on that could be, that could have a degree of challenge. We know South Carolina was a little down last year, but Coach Frank Martin, they you know they he's always they do a good job over there. And when you look at the, the later part of that schedule, right before the ACC tournament, I mean Duke, Virginia, right there in that final week week and a half there, uh, and a, a trip to North Carolina before that. So again, it's going to be. Do, as it always is, doozy after doozy on that ACC schedule, where this team is going to have is going to have to benefit from those early tests to be ready for that. No, for sure, we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll definitely touch on them more next week, depending on when we record the podcast. I don't know if we'll, I guess we'll be recording before or after their first game Wednesday night, but it should be a, a fun season to follow. We'll have plenty of great uh, stories on them and uh, and, and coverage of, of what should be a really fun season and a and a really fun team uh we we also interviewed we should say we'll, we'll transition now we interviewed uh fsu women's coach sue simrau here's that interview and we'll talk a little about her team after this all right we are uh, very very happy to be joined by florida state head women's basketball coach sue simrau coach we're what less than a, a week out now what i think four days so i guess just the excitement for you i mean after especially after the year away i know it's always exciting but i'm sure a little more so this year yeah it really is for me um it's very exciting to get back. I, but I think the generation of excitement that I feel is through the players. The players, this feeling of uh, having people in the stands, of being out there uh, with the really the belief that they're going to get to play the next game. So when we're preparing for a team and we got a chance to play an exhibition, it, they're very excited about that. It's fun to feed off that. We'll we'll start, I guess, with with the 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 veteran. There are a lot of veterans on this team. I mean, I remember the the group of the now the fourth year players, and they all came in together as freshmen. We'll start with Morgan, though. I mean, I I remember covering her when she started that first interview. Just how I don't want to say tentative, but just that she was definitely there was a bit of a, a shell that kind of had to be cracked. I guess what can you speak to about obviously the on court growth, but also the off court growth that she's had in her time here. I think both of them go hand in hand. Uh, her confidence has grown as as a product of her work ethic. I mean, she was athletic from day one, but now she puts strength on 
with our strength and conditioning coach, Dave Pleddle, who's fantastic. She's worked on her skill. When I came back in the summer and I saw her use her left hand with no problem, and it, I was like, who are you and what did you do with Morgan Jones? Because she was a right-hand, straight-line driver, and now she can score at, at a couple different levels. She's a great defender. And then off the court, she's just so involved in so many different events and uh, with sorority, with SAC, with the Black Student Union, with ACC Student Council, so many things that make her special all-around person and player. Coach, Obviously, it's more, we talked about Morgan, but not just her, but you bring back your entire starting group from last year, and you got to see them from a distance last year, but you're starting to, you've seen them now in preseason and even the other night you know, against West Florida. How, how valuable is that, not just from the skill standpoint, but leadership role, that sort of thing? Yeah, no, I think it's, it's extremely valuable. They understand a lot more, but I do think there's something to say about uh, what COVID created in a mindset. I think it taught everyone to protect themselves physically. So there's that. But then I think it also taught everyone to protect themselves emotionally. So don't get too invested because it could be taken away like that. Don't don't really, don't assume you're really gonna play this because, so for us, what I've seen is a, a tentativeness as in an approach on both ends of the floor that we've got to break out of. And so there's a habit that we have to break. Uh, their knowledge is great, their skill level's great, but we've got to break out of that to be a really good basketball team. Uh, someone like Bianca, I mean, obviously you recruit her as a transfer. She has to sit the bench the last year you were here. And then last year, obviously she plays when you're not around. I guess, how excited are you to finally get to kind of coach her in an, in an actual game? And how valuable is she in terms of all she does? It's been so much fun for me because I hadn't gotten a chance to coach her. In fact, after the first road trip, I sat down with her and I said, I, I've never gotten to spend that much time with you. And so I know the, char the charisma she brings off the court is incredible. And so can you bring that on the court? And now to challenge her and to help her to develop as a leader, since she's running that point at this point, <laughs> you know, we didn't have, you know, enough last year. She had to run the point a long time. She did a great job, but we've got other players that are true point guards that could move her to a wing. Coach, um, you talked uh, the other night, Valencia and River, you know, they made a really good impression in the exhibition. You know, there was, you know, in your game inside, you have a lot of size this year. What kind of strides have you seen from the two of them? And could that be one of the biggest strengths you have overall from this squad? Yeah, I think our post game, this, for our exhibition, I think they were excellent. You know, and then you can include KK Timpson right away, who's one of our freshmen who, you know, has really done nice things. I, I do think, though, that it, it's such a shame. But again, it goes back to the game of basketball. Every time they're getting this great run and they're getting ready to just break out, something happens. I mean, River goes out for a week with a with a foot issue. V goes out for a week with with a you know a sickness, and so you're just like, ah, you know. So that's why I'm I'm excited for the season to get going because I feel like they just get there. And then they have to step back a little bit. So we'll continue to, to push forward through all of it. I know that you all know that there's a, a lot of flu cases on campus right now. And so we've been dealing with those issues as well. Aaron Howard uh, had, a, had a pretty unfortunate incident that kind of kept her out, obviously, of this week's exhibition. I, I mean, I guess how quickly is the how quickly do you expect the timetable to go for that? And, and just how nice will it be for someone like her to finally make that debut? She's someone also who's been waiting quite a while. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the unfortunate incident of the fire ant stepping in the fire ant hole and having the whole thing just whole foot swell up on you and you can't put a shoe on. Well, how do you play basketball? So, you know, it's just been, again, the same type of thing. She's going, she's doing great, and then bam. And so we should have her back in practice uh, early in the week and hopefully get a chance to hopefully get a chance to see her on uh, on Tuesday. Um, she's going to need to get her rhythm back as well. And uh, we've been shuffling a lot of different lineups just because of those types of things so far, but excited about her. 
I just wanted to follow up on that. Like you, you talked about earlier this year, how she's going to help you. Speaking of those lineups, she's going to help the lineups just fit a lot better. You're going to be able to use Sammy the way you wanted to. Can you tell, tell us a little bit more about that? How she just—it's like one of those missing puzzle pieces. Getting her back. Well, yeah, exactly. You you talked about a starting lineup all being back, but they won't all start that starting lineup because we have more depth in the post, and we won't need to use someone like a Sammy who is a fantastic wing player and is having so much fun being back at the wing uh, in that role. So uh, Sammy, I think, has picked up who she is defensively, and that's critical in our system. And so from her freshman year to now, she can defend with the best of them. And she's much more versatile as an offensive player. She's not a standstill three-point shooter. She's able to take it off the bounce. She's a great passer. She took one to the rim during our exhibition game and, and I think hit three threes. So she, uh, she gives us a lot of different things. Favorite offensive rebound of the game was Sammy Puises coming in from one wing, going all the way to the other side of the basket to get the rebound and put it in. And that's the kind of stuff that I'm looking for. Uh, you mentioned, is it so KK? Is that her nickname, Michaela Timpson? Yeah. Yes. 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 I mean, before she even plays in a game, she has a bit of a, a viral moment with the uh, the the dunk in practice. I mean, obviously, we saw the athleticism there. We saw it the other night. I guess how do you expect her to kind of factor here from day one? <clears throat> it's funny with that with that dunk in practice. It was after practice was over. We'd gone two and a half hours. We cooled down. Morgan Jones is messing around with trying to get up, you know, high enough to dunk it. And everybody says, hey, KK, just try this. And she's like, well, I've never really tried before. And they're like, just try it. So they toss the ball up to her. And the first one was just, bam. And I was like, whoa, what, what just happened? And everybody's like, do it again, do it again. And, you know, she was able to do it right after that. So that was fun. You could just see her athleticism. But really, I think more than that is her ambition to rebound. I mean, she gets it. I She is a born rebounders. She reminds me a lot of Ivy Slaughter, a dude Bulgak, who just went to the boards and was relentless. She had 10 offensive rebounds in our close scrimmage. <laughs> and that was against a power five school. So, uh, you know, she's, she's special. And as soon as she really understands what we want from her, uh, sky's the limit for her. What does that list of your players who you've seen dunk look like? I know Shaquille is probably on there, but I can't imagine it's too long. No, it's not very long. It's not one of those that you sit there and you uh, you ask them to do. You know, you're just like, because <laughs> everybody, you know, the men's game, it's Dunk City and all that stuff. That's great. You know, our dunk is a three-point line, really. I mean, so, you know, we've got we to figure that out. But it's sure fun, you know, to see the athleticism and kids being able to do that. I wanted to ask you, because we talked about the other night, the, the, the line, of, you know, getting moved back. How would you say your team looks like overall when it comes to when you need that, you know, when you need that key three? I know Sammy can give you that, but any anybody else you've seen kind of emerge in that? In yeah, Martin's been shooting the ball great. And uh, so she's somebody that we definitely count on. Uh, you know, Bianca used to be that stand, still three-point shooter. And so she's somebody that I really want to be able to shoot it off the catch a little bit more from the three. And then uh, Sarah Bajetti is also somebody who's very, very capable of hitting that three. And then you've got two post players. You've got Mariana Valenzuela, who's one of our other freshmen. Uh, she is very capable from three-point range. Aaron, Aaron Howard is very capable. And then last but not least, we have, nobody's really seen much of her yet, but Omaria Gordon is, is a, an exceptional three-point shooter as well. She was our next question. I don't know, Kurt, if you want to yeah, yeah, ask about her. Yeah. I mean, she. I, I know how high I'm sure you were on everybody you brought in, but in terms of the recruiting ranks, I know she was kind of the, the gem of the class. I know she's been limited coming off of the, uh, the surgery. I guess how has that impacted her? And I guess what's the timeline looking like? I know she was able to play a little, but maybe playing the, the role you may have expected from her coming in. She was impacted like you would be in any surgery where it's going to take a good six months for her to to be pain-free but I don't expect it to take that long for her to be who she is she's the fastest player on our team she just in the exhibition I only played her a few minutes because she hadn't played any type of game-like situation she played maybe a down and back 
but we were limiting her volume. And so now she's back in practice. It's fun to see. And now her learning curve is really high. So she's a true point guard, something we really, really look for and hopefully be ready to, to play major minutes by ACC play. We, we appreciate the time so much, Sue. We know how busy it is for you right now a few days out, so we will, we will let you run. But we appreciate you so much here joining us on the Knoll Sports Podcast. Thank you, hey, Coach. Fun to be with you guys. Appreciate it. And we're back. Thanks so much for uh, Coach Semrau, like, like Coach Jones, taking the time to uh, kind of give us a more comprehensive look at her team. I mean, they kind of have the, uh, the opposite problem that the, the men's team does, where the men have so many new pieces – the women's team brings back almost everybody, brings back last year's entire starting lineup, and they also get Semerel back, which I don't think it can be overstated how big that is. Yeah, definitely. I have her experience back. I mean, Coach Wyckoff did a great job last year holding it together and, and, you know, in a tough year with the pandemic and everything and got them back to the NCAA tournament. But it is good to have not just her, but the, the veteran, the veteran savvy and experience of Coach Semerel back in the fold and, help that team to continue to develop because yeah they bring back a lot of experience but now it's with them it's more of how do you fit the pieces exactly the right way and i think the the other night just an exhibition against west florida but you could see some of it that she's been talking about some of the inconsistency in the first half they struggled a little bit didn't shoot very well turned the ball over but when it when that thing clicks i mean it just did in the second half and for like the final 14 minutes there they outscored was Florida 44 to 7. I mean, they really showed the disparity there, how it should have been. And part of that is the the, the front court, you know, the bigs that they're that they have this year. I mean, you know, between between Valencia Myers and River Baldwin, you know, two six and she, one being 6-3, the other 6-5. I mean, that's going to help when you when you talk about some of the the tougher teams that they're going to face later on down the road in the ACC and I like Michaela Timpson, uh, the freshman that she keeps talking about, and for good reason. I mean, she was, she's going to be very athletic when it comes to not just on the boards, but also, you know, slashing to the basket. You know, she's she, she's tall, agile. I mean, has a decent shot too. I mean, could be an all-around player that she's not. Obviously, she's coming in, she's inexperienced, and now being a freshman. But once that, once she starts to get some games under her belt, I mean, that's going to she's going to be another player. That, that's going to be fun to watch. My, my thing with this team is who steps up when they need the outside shooting. And, you know, Sammy Puisis is one of them. You know, even last year, she led them in threes made, but only shot 29%. So that's something that she's been trying to work on, trying to work on other aspects of her game too. But who are the other players that are going to have to kind of balance the team you know, a little bit? And she talked about Bianca Jackson a little bit. And Morgan Jones is obviously the, the one, one of the big leaders on the team too. But... Overall, the squad looks deep this year again, and I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how much they can get to. A little bit of mixed results when it came to the preseason rankings. I mean, the ACC had their, I think it was the the national rankings have them higher when it comes to the ACC contingent. The conference poll itself, though, started them at number five. So, kind of an interesting contrast there on uh, on the expectation level. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, no doubt you've got two uh, two real titans in your conference at NC State and Louisville, two preseason, I want to say, yeah. top ten teams. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it would be hard to break into those. I'm not saying this team is incapable of it, but it, it would take a pretty consistently high level of play to kind of break into that top two. But, yeah, I mean, it, Florida State definitely feels like one of the front runners, rightfully so to at worst finish third or to be in that that top three. And so, especially with how much experience they bring back, uh, players getting to kind of play more natural roles, I think, will be uh, helpful for them. I mean, we talk, Sue talked about uh, uh, Bianca Jackson having to play point guard. Sammy Puises having to play inside. It's just like they, kind of everybody may not have been able to line up where they wanted. And, I mean, the, the players they will have this year, who even some who were around last year but couldn't play, should should greatly help them in that area. Yeah, Aaron Howard, the Auburn transfer, is mm-hmm. one of the key ones there. So, you know, we had, she had the uh, – it, it's it sounds funny. It was definitely not funny for her, I'm sure, getting bit by a fire ant. But, you know, the uh, 
you know, she had that little issue there that kept her out, but she should be back soon. And she's one of those puzzle pieces that I think is going to help them. Like you said, I mean, Sammy, she coach them wants that wants police is playing more of a wing type role, not necessarily like you said, inside. So once the, the pieces are in place, it's going to be interesting, but I, I feel like the, the evaluators just don't know they know FSU is going to be one of the better teams in the conference and they're going to be a contender. They just don't, they're kind of not sure yet just how much. And I kind of, I think it kind of reflects on the national polls even too, because AP had them 16. I think the coaches poll just came out this week, had them 24. So it's interesting. They're still, it's almost like we know they're going to be in the mix, but how much, like, like how, how much can they break through this year? I mean, it's a battle. It looks like after the NC state and, Louisville top two there's a battle between them and Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech kind of that next tier of of teams in the ACC right now yeah and the advantage for them I mean as they're figuring stuff out like you said I mean obviously with Semrel being back but also with players in new roles also with a few new players who are are going to be playing then obviously some players coming coming back from injuries like Amaya Brown like uh Omariah Gordon uh, they'll have a little bit of time with their schedule to work it out. It's not to say their, their, their non-conference schedule is a cakewalk by any means, but you look at it, especially compared to the men's schedule, it doesn't have the same level of hurdles. It hopefully gives them a little time where even if they don't win them all, they should kind of grow together significantly over a stretch that has a few challenges. I mean, obviously they're playing in the, the St. Pete showcase down there over Thanksgiving, playing BYU and then either West Virginia or Purdue. They have Illinois in the the Big Ten ACC Challenge, and then Florida, as always, that one on the road, just like the men. And then Houston here. I mean, there are some teams there that I think will 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 round them into to form a little bit, but no huge daunting task tests right off the bat. Yeah, West Virginia could be one. I mean, yeah. looking at the rankings now, they're they're ranked nineteenth by AP 22, 23, Sorry, in the uh, coaches poll, so that could be. That's probably the first one right there. If that ends up being the matchup, maybe in the in the final of the tournament, there, that could be their first big test. And Illinois, a Big Ten program, you know, probably a team that can be a bit challenging there as well. So you see, you start to see them right there. And then you, when you get toward conference play, right at the end of December, the very first one is one of those teams that I just mentioned. That's gonna be that's you know expected to be in that upper tier top five mix, and that's Virginia Tech. So. It's not like they're getting one of the uh, one of the teams expected to be on the lower end of the conference right off. They they get one of the the teams that they're going to have to get a crucial victory against right away. Yeah, no doubt. It's a uh, it's it, it, an interesting uh, year, no doubt. In in that, I mean, with them coming back so much, there's reason for some expectations, as talked about. I mean, with Byron where ranked where they are. In the uh, in the AP poll, but also like you said, some uncertainty that might go into their uh, their coaches poll ranking. I mean, we've heard a good bit about Valencia Myers, and if she takes that step forward, if River Baldwin takes that step forward, if if Michaela Tim Timpson steps in and kind of takes the big role right away, it, it could do wonders for this team because because Valencia's had her moments, but she I would say to date hasn't quite been maybe the presence they've thought she she might be or develop into inside. So if she takes that step now coming into her fourth year, it, it would be significant. Yeah, I, I no doubt. And I mean she looked the part the other day, but against a team that obviously you're you're not you can't compare against some of the teams down the road that they'll face. But at least in terms of what she was doing you know, and, and the way she looked inside, battling for her rebounds and, 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 you know, being an offensive presence on that end of the floor, too. I mean, you saw the glimpses of it. And, it, and it's just a matter of can she sustain that level throughout the season? If she can, then obviously that's going to be just that much more of a boost for them to, to push forward in the conference. Yeah, they, uh, they, they open their season uh, Tuesday night against North Florida at 7 p.m. at the Tucker Center. The men are the night after against Penn, unfortunately at 9. I'm not looking forward to that. I would imagine you are also not looking forward to... Brutal time to, to open the year. I mean... TV nine? schedules, man. TV schedules. Oh, they're, guys, they're brutal. Come on, ACC Network. Yeah, you'd think Florida State deserves a 7 o'clock spot, but who knows. I'm looking. Let's see how many 9 o'clockers they got. I see another non... They're playing Lipscomb at 9? What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> I'm sorry. Duke at nine on ESPN makes sense. That's the home game. 
Georgia Tech That's on the road at nine does not really make sense. Uh, the conference games, especially conference against upper tier conference opponents, that I get. Pitt, uh, that's the home game against Pitt is a nine o'clock game. Yeah, uh, there's a couple Georgia TBAs Tech, in the there. Said, what? The one you just said, Georgia Tech. Yeah, they yeah, got yeah, three. Well, they got five ACC, total right now, and then and then yeah. a couple eights. ACC tournament championship game rematch in Atlanta. Yeah, that that's those games, of course, but. Why are we starting? Why are we playing? Why are they playing Penn at nine? <laughs> Going to be a late night oh. at the Tucker Center, but it will be nice to be there. And like like both coaches talked about, it will be nice to have everybody there. I mean, it's been nice to have that at football season. I mean, we really got our first taste of like a a hostile road atmosphere this past weekend at Clemson. We've gotten a few good dope crowds. The one really good dope crowd. I'll be interested to see what they look like these next few weekends. But it, it's, it'll just be nice to have all the fans back because, I mean, it's the, the, the growth of the Tucker Center from place where the FSU coaches didn't want to show recruits on the visits because they were kind of almost, like, ashamed of it. They talked about, you know, the seats they have in arenas. They talk about, they, they call them the Skittles seats, like those colored seats like that. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, they, they talked about, they called them the Skittles seats to oh. now – I, where I mean, it, it, it can really get rocking when a when a good opponent comes in there. So, well, it, it, yeah, I mean, it looks like a night. It looks. I, I wasn't here for the uh, Skittle Seats era, but I mean, it looks like a good. It looks like the type of arena that you know you can hold, and it's a pretty for you know for a college basketball arena, pretty sizable too. Because I mean, having been to a couple other arenas in, in you know college basketball arenas, it's it's not small this isn't a box either we're talking a good you know it could get large crowds but it's just that it's just the right amount where you you trap that noise and you get the raucous atmosphere so it'll be good for them for sure to to get that going again yeah it's no doubt it's a it's a most wonderful time of the year when you kind of get this uh football basketball overlap it's it can be a bit stressful there's a lot going on but we will definitely maintain the uh the great coverage for you. We we hope you have enjoyed this this basketball specific, specific episode. They'll obviously get uh, plenty of love on the website, on the podcast throughout the course of the season with the uh, high hopes for both teams. We know there are some kind of the, uh, the hoop heads. We also know there are maybe some people who saw what this episode was and decided not to listen. We respect both, but uh, it, this it was important to kind of give basketball its shine. Yeah, uh, it's it's your hoops uh, season preview, and again, when you have the quality of basketball like you do on both sides here, definitely, no, no doubt about it. We're looking forward to it. Let's see, let's see what they can do this year again. Yeah, no doubt. We we appreciate you for listening, for for subscribing to the website Tallahassee.com. the podcast reviews greatly appreciated. Doing all those things that that, that help our metrics out, but really, we uh, we appreciate you, and happy hoop season.